Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. I'm Greg DeVries, pastor at The Well Scottsboro, and I'm grateful that you've decided to listen to this podcast. I hope that this word uplifts you and encourages you wherever you are. Stay with me for a few moments after the sermon. I would like to pray with you. I trust you'll be blessed by the word of God. Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. I'm going to pick it up in verse 1. I'm going to try to make it to verse 17. It's an incredible story. I want you to see some things here. I love this passage of scripture. I've preached from it uh, on numerous occasions. I just have been feeling it the last month or so. I want to preach for that. Just feel this sense of preach come to it. And so that's where we are tonight. And I'm going to share some things out of here and and specifically pull a few uh, nuggets out and trinkets out that we need to use. uh, And uh, trinkets can be very important. All right, they can be very important to uh, accessory and to help things and little things that you think that don't mean anything. And I think the one I'm thinking about right now is like a, a kitchen spoon trinket. You know that little thing that you take your spoon when you're cooking and you put it over there on the side. And sometimes it's hot, sometimes it's messy. Yeah, sometimes it needs a hot plate there. If you don't use it, you can damage something. I'm telling you, a lot of the damage in our life is the result of what we're not using more than what we are using. Your body and your spirit and your mind is more resilient than you realize. It'll fight back from addictions. It'll fight back from things. It'll come back. But there's some things we have not been giving ourselves for years that we're way behind the development of it. And that's why we're weaker. And that's why we're suffering. And that's why things are missing. That's why some things aren't happening in our life. That's why sometimes we're not in the victory that we shout about. We're not in the, the health that we pray about is because of things we've neglected or were, or were uh, uh, neglected in our lives that were not brought to us. And so there's some little things in here, some little nuggets and little trinkets that could really help your life. And not only could it help your life, it could help the life of the church. If you're better, we're better. If you're stronger, we're stronger. If you're, if we all get that we work this life together. Amen? And so say this with me, Lord, tonight, let it be unto me, according to your word, in Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever wondered why you're here tonight? Have you ever wondered why you're here tonight? He knew you were going to be here tonight. He knew that you're going to be here. So this is a word directly set that could really help you. And I, I, I can't get off my mind. I have on my mind tonight the, the three different houses, the house of God, the house of the Lord, uh, the house of, of, of our, our homes that we live in, and the house that we are. Uh, the house that we are. And God wants to minister to all of them. He wants you to be uh, 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 full in your life. I was sharing this morning. I don't know where I was. I was here somewhere, but I was sharing that uh, there are many things in life, many things in life that you can fill yourself with, but there's only one thing that can fulfill you. It's Jesus. Did you hear me? There are many things you can do in your life to fill you, but there's only one that can fulfill you, and it's Jesus. He is the word. Watch this. John chapter 1. You don't have to go there. John chapter 1. John started off differently than all the other gospels. And John said this. He said, in the beginning was God and was the word, and the word was with God. He went to the in in the beginning before the beginning of the in the beginning. You got to get this. He went deeper than Genesis 1. That's when in the beginning God created But he went back over and said, no, no, no. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And then God did all that stuff. 
All right. Uh, I, was, I was looking at uh, Mark chapter one and, and talking with our EMIF Zoom call this afternoon. It says that, that the gospel, this is how the gospel began. Now, you and I would think the gospel began by Jesus saying, hey, boys, get out of the boat. Come follow me. That's what we think. No, no. It began with John the Baptist. There was something before the something that became the something in our life. The word right now, as I share the word with you, it could be that preface, the preface. It could be the preface of God speaking to you, preparing you for what can become. I, you need to learn how to work on and, and deal with what you are instead of dealing with what you're going to be. When you fulfill what you are, you will become what you're supposed to be. Amen. So let the word of God uh, be something. It's, it's, a, it's a preset in your life. It's something that's being set before you. So listen. Now, you may in concept say, oh, I know this passage of scripture. It's about prayer and it's about this and that. And I pray. No, no, no. There are trinkets in here. There are things in here. It's kind of picture it this way. It's kind of like when you're getting Christmas stuff out. I said it just the other night. I said the grits. I said, ah, I'm, I'm so excited for Christmas. So excited for Christmas. Why? Because I, I had, a, I had a, a cup of tea and there's a candle lit. And I was like, oh, oh I can't. Th-. And there's just this little moment. You know, the rest of the house looks like summer right now. And I was like, ha, I see Christmas. This is so fun. But how about when you're unloading you know, that tree and getting a tree out and all the big reeds and everything. And then there's that one little ornament. And all of a sudden, and these memories start coming, and these thoughts start coming. And you remember when you bought it and who gave it to you. And you know exactly where you're going to put it on the tree. Right? It's those little things that cost nothing that mean so much. It's the little things. So let's look at some of the little things in this story that made it a big story. You can't have anything big without having something small. Everything big is accumulation of a bunch of things small. Amen? So in chapter 12, verse 1, now about that time, so there's something about the time that you live in. If you read the Bible, it... it, it quite often makes reference to a time frame or a season or a month of the year or a day of the month or, or a year of a century or whatever it may be, right? It makes these reference points. So God's all about timing. God is a God of time. He was so generous to you, generous to you and I. He said, okay, for these guys to figure this thing out, I'll give them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. God established all that, right? From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, God, God established all that. Uh, but there's, there's a kingdom time frame, and he has set those things so that we would have the possibility, the greater possibility, to be where we need to be when he's going to do what he's already determined that he's going to do. We have missed God so many times because we didn't show up. Because we didn't come to prayer. Because we didn't show up. I mean, how many times? Especially a church like this. You're like, what happened? No, oh, that didn't really happen, did it? Sunday night, yeah. Oh man, I wasn't there. I missed it. I missed it. I thought about coming. I felt like I'm just using this as an example. Thought about coming. Thought it'd be good to be there. How about this one? I thought about saying, "Brother, I just have this word for you. I have this," but we didn't say it, and nothing happens. We've got to be there on time. So about that time, now, now times are not always, they're not always uh, pleasant. 
They're not always where you want to be, but you still need to be. It's sometimes what is going on in that time that, that ignites you to go on into the future of what God has for you. You see, this time here would be known as a mean time. Have you ever used that word before? It's two words put together. In the meantime, you know, usually when you're saying that is when you're waiting for something to happen or, waiting or, or wanting something to get over. Because it's mean. It's not being good to you. And so in the meantime, about that time, Herod, the king, stretched out his hand to harass, stretched out his hand to harass. Let me tell you what the word harass means. I wrote down the definition to the word harass. The word harass means to annoy persistently. Next time you just need to look at me, he said, you remind me of Herod. (laughs) To annoy persistently. You're being Herody to me. To create an unpleasant, hostile situation. To worry and impede by the repeated raids. Friends, I'm I'm, I'm just going to give you a picture in the culture we live in today. There's a lot of uh, harassment going on. Mm -hmm. A lot of harassment. That is annoying. That gets on my last nerve. And and it's just repeated. Matter of fact, there's a lot of repeated raids going on right now. I'm just telling you, there is. Never seen it like this. Doesn't matter who it's towards or who it isn't towards. Doesn't matter. Both sides, you know, our nation politically is divided. Okay, divided. It's not united right now. But you see, there's a continual, it's it's harassment. They're just trying to harass, to annoy, to wear down, to worry, to get you skittish, to get you uh, uh, uncomfortable, to get you irrational to get you out of sorts, okay? So there's a spiritual thing that is behind all this. Wherever you see harassment, there's a spirit of, uh, of, 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 uh, of offense from the enemy coming out of it. There's a spirit behind it. To yeah. so harass some from the church. Notice here, it's only dealing with some from the church. And the reality is, there's probably some they don't need to harass. They've learned to harass themselves. They've learned to do things to get themselves in situations. There's some people the devil ain't got to do nothing to. Nothing, nothing. Because they don't have anything to do with God. And I want you to know something. When you think the devil hates you, reconsider. It's not you he hates. It's the one you love that he hates. Right? You and I are no threat without God to him, but his greatest, his greatest effect is God. He wants to affect God. So he's harassing some from the church. And then he killed James. So you've gone from harassment to killing. Here's a definition for kill, to deprive of life. Friends, let me tell you, people can kill something in your life. Have you ever heard the phrase kill joy? People can kill your joy and you're still alive. You're not dead. Uh, to deprive of life, to slaughter, to put an end to, to stop something, to see something, to defeat something. Uh, there are a lot of people who are walking around, maybe even in the church tonight, definitely in the church of this day, living in absolute defeat, discouragement, despondency, but yet they're still saved. They're Christians. And so the, the enemy has somehow, that spirit, has killed their joy, has killed their peace, has killed their hope, right? And, and there's an attack. This is called spiritual warfare. 
Okay, it's an atmosphere, of, it's an environment of spiritual warfare. I want you to know something. The enemy is doing everything he can to harass you. And if he's harassing you, he's harassing us. He's doing everything he can to kill you. If he kills you, he's killed a part of us. Amen? There's something that's not working and not being. And so it says that uh, in the church, he's killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, so now we see, we see some of the, uh, uh, the characteristic of this spirit of harassment, people-pleasing, people-pleasing. Oh, this pleased them. Then I'll do a little bit more. Then I'll go a little bit further. Listen to me. It works that way in the world if... If, if this pleases them, then I'll take it from PG to PG-13. If that pleases them, I'll take them to R. I'm just giving you an illustration. And if that pleases them, I'll take them to triple X. And if that pleases them, then that means I can go all the way to child molestation. It's people pleasing. It's the pleasure of man. But you and I and all people were created for the pleasure of God. So pleasure is something that belongs to the kingdom of God. So if I'm doing what pleases God, and how I do it determines whether I'm pleasing him correctly. Because it may be in the meantime, but if I'm doing what pleases God, get a load of this, then he's going to take it to another level. And then he's going to take it to another level. And then he's going to take it to another level because it will increase in our life. Some of you look so sad, so despondent. Listen to me. If you take some of these things here, I, I tell you what, I get excited. I, I've, I, I enjoy sports. I enjoy sports, and sometimes my team or, or somebody that I'm pulling for can be so far behind, but one good putt, one good kick, one good run, I'm like, yeah, man, we can do this. Some of y'all are sitting and saying it ain't going to happen, and it's not. It is not going to happen for you until you apply your life to kingdom principle. It's just not going to happen. And, and, and listen. St. Nick may have been real. I don't know much about it. I haven't studied him. I've, I've had a hard enough time studying Jesus, so I haven't done a study on the life of St. Nick and St. Pack and all those guys. I don't know them, okay? But I'm here to tell you, the church isn't dragging other people around. We just can't get you in our bag and say, come on, come on, come on. It's not going to work. You have got to apply your life to these kind of things. Amen. Matter of fact, if you desire the praise of man, you will fear man and you will serve man as his slave. You have to be very careful where you put your perspectives, where you put your allegiance. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Notice this. The devil cannot do anything in and of himself. He can only pervert what God does. So he tries to work off the pleasure of man, and he advances and advances. God wants to work off the pleasure of God and advance and advances. But notice in this situation, when he comes to this moment, and he is now further to seize Peter and to proceed further, he is absolutely in the mode that he is trying to, he's trying to manipulate the work here, but this is what you need to know. The devil uses people just like God uses people. Did you hear me? 
The devil uses people just like God uses people. And if we're pulling people down and not raising them up, if we're, we're distracting them instead of going with them, we got to stop somewhere and shake that stuff off and say, wait a minute, this is not who I am. Now, this was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison. So, so he's killed James. He's going to go after Peter. And there's this night, this dark season. Meantime, could you imagine being Peter? I mean, it's not like this could possibly happen. It's already happening. And now he's got this meantime. It's called nighttime. He's in prison. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Now, I don't want to in any way fabricate or uh, to uh, misjudge something here. I used to always think that, that four squads uh, of, of soldiers was 16 soldiers, and it is. What I thought is what it is. But predominantly, it's not that there were 16 there. It was different squads of that this one had this time shift this one had this time shift this one had so it was four people on watch but there's 12 more people that are getting refreshed so the enemy the enemy is using people who knew how to rest and refresh themselves we wear ourselves out we try to work around the clock but we need to learn how to work with one another. That's why we have prayer meetings. That's why we get together to pray so that we can refresh and work together with one another. Does that make sense? All right, watch this. So when he arrested him, put him in prison, four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. Now, now watch here also. You see the spirit behind this, right? Do you realize it's a religious spirit? Didn't notice that, did you? Yeah, it's, it's during the unleavened bread. It's during the feast. And they're going to go ahead and like, oh, cease fire. Right. Till the holy days are over. Yeah. And then we'll kill them. We have to be careful to not function and operate out of our self-pleasing religion the things that we can halt doing things. If you can halt for three days, you could have halted for 30 days. But it's all working in a religious environment that this has taken place. So don't think your religion is going to be your safety. Amen? You guys with me? Verse 5 is where I want to get to. Peter was therefore kept in prison. Peter was therefore kept in prison. Now, there's, there's one of these little words in the Bible that really changes things. It's the word but. How many of y'all, right after that, it says but? How many of y'all in your Bible, it says but, okay? The word but is an either an interjection or an interruption or an intervention. Excuse me, an interruption or intervention. You just have to see out which one's doing it. And when man's doing it, it's, it's an interruption. When God's doing it, it's an intervention. But when you're doing it with God, it can become an interruption to the devil. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. It says, Peter was therefore kept in prison. But constant prayer was offered to God for him 
by the church. I touched on something Sunday morning about Jonah. And Jonah uh, literally uh, offered a prayer to God from the ship, right? It was a to and from situation. You see the same thing here. He's praying to God, praying to God from his situation, all right? And, and we need to learn how to pray in the difficult times to God. Remember, we were said, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great. I'll show you what you don't know. That Peter has no knowledge of what could happen here. But the church is praying to God. They don't know exactly how to pray. They just know who to pray to. Are you with me? So they're calling out, but constant prayer. I want to, I want to point this out. Constant prayer. Not an every so often prayer. We are involving more and more prayer times and prayer meetings. We, I know that we all have schedules. I know that we all have uh, lives to live. I get that. We can pray without ceasing. We don't have to always be in a prayer meeting. Uh, but we need, as a church, to pray together. So I would back up and say, as I said, like with revision, we need you in prayer times. I'm so happy you're here on Wednesday nights. Because Wednesday nights, we always have a prayer point, a focused place of prayer. And I really want you, I haven't even had a chance to talk to Pastor Jess about this, but I really want you to be, uh, be here for the next few Wednesday nights because we're going to do our prayer times a little bit different. But this is what I need you to do. Fill out legit prayer requests. Because we're going to take your prayer requests and we're going to type it out on a three-by-five card. And when you walk in the door, somebody's going to get your prayer request. They're not going to get your name. They're not going to get, you know, who it was, who wrote or anything like that. Now, you might put some people's names in there, but we don't want too much information. If you give as much as you want, we're going to take out highlights of what needs to be prayed. Yeah. I learned this at another church in New York City uh, this past, whenever we were there. And it was, and, and people held it and the fire of God came. People held those cards together. And you know what? There wasn't anybody up here saying, okay, let me pray and you listen. The church just turned and started to pray. And nobody had to encourage them. Nobody had, I don't know what their first prayer meeting is like. They've been praying something like this for 30-some years. But I did notice one thing in both these churches that have these, these prayer meetings. What I did notice is that they have like 37. One has 100 nations. One has 37 different nations in it. One has 50-some different nations in it. And, and people from foreign countries, they pray a lot better than us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry that offended you. Uh, I'm sorry, it was a rude awakening. Why? Because they have a greater need than we did. That's all they had. They didn't have Walmart. They didn't have Amazon. They didn't have a Google God. They don't all have tablets at school. Sometimes the things we think are working for us are working against us. Did you hear me? Sometimes the things we think are working for us are actually working against us when it comes to what we need from God. Yeah. Amen? I need a heartier amen than that. Amen. So, they were in constant prayer. This word constant means it was continual prayer. So really what it means is that they were praying around the clock. Remember, this is over a period of days. They're praying around the clock. Now, there's a group of people. There's a church. I don't know when some came and when some left. I have no idea. But there was always somebody there, always somebody there praying. Told my children last night we were having a little 
family time. And I asked all of them, matter of fact, I'm not even thinking about this, this sermon tonight. I said, would you just, I asked him a couple days ago, I said, you guys take some time to pray about it and tell mom and I just something specific you want us to be praying for you. Something specific. And they went and Harvest went first and, and uh, Levi went next and David went next. So you can just kind of see some birth order. And then Hosanna went. She's the youngest. She always gets in front of Juby, always. She just, her personality's right. She just gets right out there. Anyway, I thought it was funny. So, um, they shared those things with us. They shared uh, the prayer. And I said, could you guys imagine? And, and the cool thing was, is, is uh, the majority of them said, oh, I want my prayer life to be deeper and more mature. And I said, stop, get a picture. Kind of like I did with you guys a second ago. I said, get a picture. If we, if I said, everybody get up and go get a shovel, we're going to dig a well. And all nine of us, how many are at home? five, all seven of us went out there and started to dig. Could you imagine if we went at it, we literally did it. Can you picture a holder? And they're like, yeah, they could picture the impact. I said, for a moment, what if we all went after prayer? What would be the impact? Could you imagine if you really got your family praying? If you really got, uh, you know, you, you together, we really got the church. If we really got them praying, could you imagine what we'd be seeing? Could you imagine what would be taking place? But some people are praying, but they're praying by themselves. Some people are praying and they're praying in, in uh, sequences of things. But if we, got in, if we, the church, if we got in prayer together and started to pray like that, we'd be hearing testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony. John Baker was on a call the day, if you guys know John, he's, he and George are with Jordan and Madison down in, uh, in Algiers. They planted the church down there. And, and this past week, he said, uh, I said, some weeks ago, a lady that I work with asked me to be praying for a couple, praying for this couple, named the couple, their name. And John's like, okay, wow, this is interesting. We're having a spiritual connection here. This is pretty cool. And then later he's like, hey, we're having a prayer meeting. You want to go? And she's like, no, nah, not really. <laughs> it's like, Okay, whatever, you know. And so he just keeps on the assignment, keeps praying. Sunday morning, she walks in. They don't have a sign up yet. They don't have address out somewhere. He's never told her where the church is. She just found this church, not knowing it's a guy that she said, would you be praying with me about something? And then a couple walked in that was that couple. They didn't know it. She didn't know they were coming. Prayer works, friends. But he didn't, listen, we have this mindset, pray about it. Instead of pray through. Right? Constantly praying. Constantly praying. We will see miracles. Signs and wonders more than and beyond anything near what we're experiencing. Trying to get you to want to come to prayer. Prayer was offered to God. It's an offering by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, uh-oh, Herod is about to, you need to understand, to bring him out means when Herod was about to kill him. When Herod was about to uh, put him as a, as a spectacle in front of the people and, and to fulfill the pleasure of man and have a, a horrific murder, if you would. That night, Peter was sleeping. 
You know, usually the stories are about Peter and Paul. This one's about the church, friends. Can I say something about the church here? No names. Not yet. You'll see a few. you see a name later. But not many. No names. When we have prayer times, grab a microphone pray. Pray. But you don't always have to have a microphone pray. Amen? Peter was sleeping. That's one thing against him. Bound with two chains. That's three things against him. Between two soldiers. That's five things against him. And the guards, plural, the other two, before the door, eight, uh, were keeping the prison. He's in a prison. You know a prison is not just one room, right? You know that there's, there's hallways, there's, there are passageways, there's, there's places you go through. And most likely in their time, most prisons were in a dungeon. It's down below. There's going to be steps and things. And then, and then there's a fence around the prison, right? Just the other day, I had a meeting to go to. And, and, and I was going to this meeting. I thought, I was going to drive down. And I drove around our prison there. And I can tell you firsthand, uh, there's, there's, there's lines of defense. Uh, there's, there's different levels of, uh, of embodiment that will close you in, of closure inside. Of you could go on, and there's probably more things I couldn't even count that were going against him. Going against him. Now behold, whenever the Holy Ghost writes that, he wants you to pay attention to it. He wants you to go, oh, whoa, wait a minute, what's going on? An angel of the Lord stood by him. Pardon me? It didn't say an angel jumped over the fence. Angel crawled underneath. Angel had to come up and scare somebody. Yeah, disappeared. Disappeared. An angel of the Lord. All right, so, so th- this, is, this is a hand of Greg, right? Which the hand of Greg is a part of Greg. An angel of the Lord is a part of the Lord. So what are you saying? I'm saying he's having a, an appearance. He's having a divine visitation. He's having a supernatural encounter. He's having a, a revelation experience in his life. It, it, he, he's there. It's not, it's not the unseen. It, it's going to be seen. Could you imagine our prayers having results? Now watch. Those who are praying haven't seen it. Do you hear me? Those who are praying don't see anything. They're just praying. And even when they got to see something, they questioned whether it could be what they thought. And and that would be the message tonight. Could it be? I want to ask you a question. I know we don't have time to go through all this. Could it be this way around us? Could it be? That if we became the praying church that we're, we're, we're supposed to be, that we get to be, could it be that angels would appear? Could it be that the apostolic could be loosed from prison? Could it be that even though in the midst of harassment, that we could have freedom? We could have a release? Could it be? It said an angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone and a light shone in the prison. Can you for a moment? Can you for a moment? Who is the light of the world? Prisons are dark places, especially at night times. 
and a light shone in the prison. There is no barred door, barbed wired fence, six feet wide walls, prison footers that could keep Jesus or one of his angels out of there. There's no bar in town. There's no drug around. There's no, there's no fierce spirit around that could keep God from getting to where somebody is. None. You have to know that. But they're sitting in this room. There's some people saying, that person's too, far too gone. I don't believe it. The problem is you're believing in them instead of him. When you look at someone in the condition and you go, I don't believe it, you're putting your faith in whether they can do it, not whether he can. One step further, or that he did. He already did it. Let me tell you something. The same grace that saved you has already saved them. They just need a light and a messenger. An angel is a messenger. The church is the intercession. The angel is the messenger and the light is the revelation. It's all coming into that moment. We could pray for prodigals to come home all we want and we should and keep praying that. But let's start praying for an angel. Let's start praying for revelation. Let's start praying for a visitation. I've got that spirit of noogie all over me right now. <laughs> this gets good. And he struck Peter on the side. Peter was a deep sleeper. Deep sleeper. I mean, you turn the light on my room, I'm up. I'm coming too, you know? I mean, uh, there's times I wake up in the middle of the night. There are literally times I wake up in the middle of the night, and my eyes are still, uh, have you ever been awake but your eyes are still closed? And I start seeing this movement. I start seeing this light, and, and I just stay there because I know. You might think I'm crazy, and that's fine. I know it's angelic movement. I know it is. Close your eyes. There, you know, there, there's no light on in the room, and I start seeing this light movement. I just stay there. I just stay there, and I'll start things, things like, things like uh, uh, angels watching over me. All day, all night, angels watching over me. All this is going on. Listen, that's only the half of it. He's going to be executed tomorrow. He's sleeping. I mean, I'd be like trying to dig through the wall. bars apart. I'd be thinking of ways to get that, that soldier in a chokehold, you know. I would. He's sleeping. Where'd he learn it? His master. Right in the middle of a storm. Sleeping. Head rest. We're still trying to save ourselves. And he struck Peter on the side. Had to strike him. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm sliding off here a little bit. But having watched Peter through the Gospels, there were probably angels lining up. Let me go. 
this is going to be good. Yeah. It's like, mm. <laughs> it's like mm. think about that. I mean, like, foot and mouth. I want to do the foot and ribbon, Peter. This would be so good. I'm just thinking. On the side, and raised him up. I have a child like this. got to pick him up. Yeah. He struck him and he's still there. Now the guy's given the visions and dreams. So he's probably thinking something's going on and it was, yeah. but it'd become, listen to me guys. It'd become more real than it ever been before. Yeah. And he picks him up. He raises him up saying, arise quickly. In other words saying, boy, you're slow. You are slow. He said, we don't have much time. He said, you need to arise quickly. Listen to this. I, don't, I can't explain this. And his chains fell off his hands. I couldn't even get these bracelets to fall off if I tried. They just fell off. And they were locked. Jesus is the key. And his chains fell off his hands. And then the angel said to him, gird yourself. I'm not doing all this, Peter. Peter, yeah. I'm not doing all this. I want you to know some of the message from heaven. Yeah. I'm not doing all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I am not doing all of it. That's a message you need to hear from heaven. He's inviting you to be a part of it. His name is Emmanuel, God with you, not God for you. And he said, Peter, you're going to have to walk this thing out. Because you'll find out in just a second, I have to condense this thing. You're going to have to find out, you'll find out in just a second, is that Peter had no clue what was going on. He thought he was once again sleepwalking. He had no clue what was going on, but he had to be awakened, not just delivered. And he had to come to his senses that somewhere along this path, it's not always going to be supernatural. He's going to have to walk this out. Listen to me, guys. It's not always going to be supernatural. You're going to have to walk some of this stuff out. He says, get up. He says, gird yourself. The, 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 the phrase gird yourself means prepare for action. I want to say something to you. Gird yourself. Give me five minutes. Five minutes. Gird yourself. Get your gospel shoes on. Notice he said, tie your sandals. Because one, we're going to move so fast, they're not going to stay on unless you tie them. You need to gird them. But the gospel shoes is a message of the kingdom. In other words, I'm getting you out of here, but I'm going to keep you in what got you here. Well, you didn't get that. He said, I'm going to get you out of this prison, but the preaching that you did that got you in here, you're going to keep doing that. So put your sandals on. Listen to me, friends. We cannot quit and just try to save ourselves that he'll get us out of here and expect he'll get us out of the prison of earth and into heaven. We need to have our gospel shoes on. We need to be prepared for action. We are getting ready to go into the greatest days of the church has ever had. We're getting ready to go into the most powerful times, the most uh, supernatural times. We need to be ready for this. Amen. Chains fell off his hands. The angel said, gird yourself the sandals. So he did. So he did. So he did. Say, so I will. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know what was done by the angel was real. 
but thought he was seeing a vision. He was. When they were past the first and second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. Let me go back to something and give Peter a little bit, a little bit of a break here. When you go past the other guard posts, that means there's other guards there. They were sleeping. A spirit of deep sleep came over the whole place. Peter's in it just like they are. He had to get awakened by the angel of the Lord. But those guys are all sleeping. He walks right past them. And then he gets to the iron gate. Listen, you don't just have a God who can open doors because there's a prison door there. Jesus is the door. Jesus doesn't even have to use doors. He can walk through walls like the angel did. I don't know. I do not know. I do not know if Peter even went out the door. I have no idea. He said, follow me. There's a very, it's going to get crazy on you. Come here. So if this is the angel and he's going and that's the wall, they're doing things quick. He said, follow me. He was in, he was in the vacuum of that angel and went right through the door or the wall. It doesn't matter which one. And you're saying, ah, that's so crazy. You can sit down thinking, that is so crazy. It's so far. You can't even say that. The iron gate opened on its own accord. It's in the first time that iron did something. The axe head swam. I like the King Jimmy on this one. Said it it didn't float. It swam to the top of the water. An axe head fell off an axe in 2 Kings 6. Went to the bottom of the water, and they threw a stick in there. And all of a sudden, Jesus, God threw a stick in there called the cross. And all of a sudden, this, this axe head starts swimming. He's going out the gate, an iron gate. It tells you that. And it opened on its own accord. Miraculous. Supernatural. Could you imagine what could happen in, in, in your life, in the life of others? Uh, I'm done. Passed first, second garden post, went out, went down the street, and immediately the angel departed from him. All of a sudden, it's like, oh boy, oh boy. But watch what happens. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel, not an angel, his angel. And has delivered me from the hand of Herod. There's more than one type of deliverance. And from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Friends, there are, there are hordes of people. There are governmental and hordes of people in this land today that have great expectations of your fall. Of your defeat. Of trying to bring Christianity to an end. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Where many were gathered together praying. Where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. And she recognized Peter's voice. And because of her gladness, notice this, nobody else, nobody else heard it. It's the key point. It's one of those little trinkets. She's closest. It's not just at the door. It's at the door, door of the gate. You know why nobody else heard it? Because they're old and had bad hearing. No. They were praying. Listen to me well. 
I love you. I'm going to preach to you like every time is my last time I ever get to speak to you. If I don't, get rid of me. Did you hear me? If I don't, get rid of me. I heard something this past week about an old preacher. He went to a preacher in New York City back in the 1800s. He went to this well-known preacher, and he said, preacher, he said, I need some help. He said, what's that? He said, how do I keep people from sleeping in my church? He said, I'll tell you what we've done. He said, I've hired some deacons and some elders in the church, and when they see somebody sleeping, I tell them, when you see somebody sleeping, run to the pulpit as fast as you can and wake me up. Some of y'all are so slow you couldn't get that. I will not preach you a sleepy message. It's, it's as if the last time that I ever prayed. Listen, they couldn't hear the door knock because they were praying. I am not going to settle with a silent praying church. I'm not going to. Oh, you can buck up against me and say, I'm silent. No, no, we're going to start turning the microphone off and every little group is going to raise their voice and the person across you doesn't have to hear you. They're not praying to you. You're not praying to them. It says in the book of Acts, said they lifted up their voices with one accord, and this is what they said. How do you know they said it? Because the one who wrote the book is going to hear it, the Holy Spirit. We cannot be a silent praying church. Not on this watch, not on my watch, not on Gretchen's watch. It's not going to be. We're going to pray. We're going to pray out loud. And if you don't, how do I say this? The angel of this house will come strike you. <laughs> I'm smiling because I would take great joy in that. <laughs> I was in a all, you can stand to your feet. Come on. <laughs> I don't know how to let you know how much I love you. You know, how many of y'all would say that there's people that you love and then there's people that you love. Anybody? Everybody, right? Right, yeah. Don't you sometimes act a little bit different with the people that you love than just with the people that you love? Right? So allow me that. So when he had considered this, came to the house of Mary, she recognized Peter's voice. Friends, someone you spend time with, you know their voice. I can sit in my office and, and tell you who's talking to who and who's talking to who, and then all of a sudden this strange voice comes in, and I, I have to get up and walk out or, and to go see who it is or see them walk by. You don't know that, but someone you spend time with, we need to know each other. We should know each other by our prayer voice. We should know each other by our prayer voice. Because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood at the gate. Uh, this, this, you need to understand the gladness that she's experienced. And we can give her all the, all the, the, the cuts that we want, but she's so excited. What they've been praying for is answered. You're saying, yeah, but she should have gone there and said, that would be fear. This is faith. You got to get this. She goes running back. She goes, he's here, man. He's here. We'd be like, we better get him in here. Like we're going to take over and save him. No, no, this is faith. He's here. The prayer's answered. This guy, man, guys, he's out there. No, 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 he's not. She's like, yeah, he is. Now she's standing in faith. 
you better go get Peter. We have that tendency. God brings things so far, and then we think that we got to finish it in the flesh. We've got to finish it in our strength. She said, he's here. He's at the door. I hear his voice. They said, girl, you are beside yourself. And, and you know, it, it, I don't know. I don't know, Rhoda. I don't. But that would have been a, a time for tude, attitude. She's like, I sure am. Because you're praying it, but I'm believing it and I'm seeing it. I am all by myself. Would you please step over here on this side and experience the answer? They said, you are beside yourself. Isn't it amazing that we can start praying and then start talking things out of our prayer? I want to point something out here. Even in a sense of obligation, even in a sense of obligation, and doubting at the answered prayer, God is still answering the prayer they prayed. He doesn't expect you to be perfect. You've heard me say this before. God is not looking for a perfect picture. He's looking for a picture he can perfect. He's got one more move. That's the perfection of that picture. He's got one more move. And if you come to my office and talk about me something, you're going to sit on the couch and you're going to start doubting and, 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 and not be sure and whining and tell me how big your problems are. I'm going to say, look up. That king's got one more move. He's got one more move. They said, you're beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. They had been praying it, weren't believing that the answer to it. So they said, it is his angel. But you know the weird thing is, they're partly right. I just wonder, can, can, give me two minutes. Somebody in that prayer meeting was over there fanning themselves because the AC hasn't been built yet, you know, and, and we've already spent the money on it, but we're trying our best, okay? And they're over there fanning themselves and said, just let the chains fall off his hands. Peter's like, that was weird. Yeah, let him come off his feet. Send an angel, strike him in the side. Why? Because he's a, he's a hard sleeper, Lord. I've, I've roomed with him before. I strike him. I was with him in Mardi Gras. He would never wake up. He snores. Just hit him. They're praying crazy prayers. I want a church that is not afraid to pray crazy prayers. Lord, just, 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 like, just like you walked right through that room, just, just, just when you showed up and scared the daylights out of us. When Peter was doubting, Lord, sometimes we doubt. I mean, Thomas, Thomas was doubting, and you just walked right in the room, just walk him right up. Come on. You read scriptures. You pray crazy stuff like that. And they walks right out, and they go up, and he's like, oh, man. Oh, man. This is just what I'm in my prayer. Oh, man. I was in that same prison. Before I got saved, there's a gate, man. It's an iron gate. The thing's been opened. Oh, gate. Oh, gate. God's the king of the gates. Open up, oh, gate. Open up, oh, gate. People are like, that is crazy intercession. You are weird, man. You are absolutely weird. Open up the gate. And the gate just opens up. Somebody was praying those prayers. Send an angel. Use an angel. And they all got answered. wonder what our prayers are going to do. Peter just kept knocking. When they opened the door, God used his people. And they saw him, they were astonished. I'm going to stop there. I, I don't want to, I know it's school season again. I want to be sensitive to the family. Listen. 
let's pray until we're astonished. Let's pray until we are astonished. Let's pray until we go. Oh my goodness, it works. Amen. Father, I ask now in Jesus' name that you would allow us to walk away thinking about the scriptures, thinking about these verses, thinking about these situations, and Lord, that we would be people who will pray astounding prayers, prayers that will just blow our minds of what you can do. I ask, Lord, in the midst of harassment, and Lord, he went from harassment to harness. They harnessed him. I ask, Lord, that you would break chains. I ask that you would open doors, open gates, Lord God. I ask that you would uh, uh, prepare us, Lord God, to quicken ourselves for what needs to be done. So, Lord, I'm asking this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Allow us to become a church that will pray by faith, that will pray beyond the natural and into the supernatural, and that we would see the results of what you and your angels can do here on earth, just like it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, somebody say, amen. I trust that you are encouraged and inspired by the word of God today. Once again, I want to say thank you for joining us on this podcast. It's very important that after you receive the Word of God to make sure it gets sealed in your heart. I'd like to do that with you. I'd like to pray with you that we can tuck it away in our hearts and that we let the Word of God have free course, move swiftly in us, and it would glorify God. You know, the Word of God is a seed. You can expect results out of it. You can expect fruit out of it. You can expect something to be produced. Again, I'm so thankful that you joined us. Now allow me just a moment to pray with you. Father God, we come to you in the wonderful name of Jesus, the Word of God Himself. And I thank you for the Word that has been heard. I thank you for the Word that has been received. And Lord, now I ask that it gets covered up and it gets protected and locked and lodged in our hearts, Lord. And Father, I pray that you would water it. I pray that you would nurture it, that you would bring the light and revelation that it needs. And I pray that it produce good fruit in each and every heart that has received it today. I ask this in Jesus' name. I do this at the end of every service at the church. I want to do it with you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And may the Lord find great delight in you. And may you find great joy in him. May the Lord provide for you. May the Lord protect you. And may the Lord give you peace, peace. God bless you. Thanks for joining us.